This episode of the Grow From Your Heart podcast is brought to you by my friends at SeedsHereNow.com. SeedsHereNow.com offers seeds from all of the industry's leading breeders and is the only official home of Swamp Boys Genetics. Everything at SeedsHereNow.com is backed by an award-winning satisfaction guarantee. And for my friends on a tight budget, SeedsHereNow.com offers several packs for under $30 as well as amazing monthly sales. Make sure to use coupon code GFYH10 while checking out to save a few bucks. Again, that is coupon code GFYH10 while checking out at SeedsHereNow.com. Here we go. Welcome to the show, podcast world. I'm your host. My friends call me Rasta Jeff, and this is episode 697 of the Grow From Your Heart podcast. In this episode, I get to talk about one of my favorite strains. Before I get to that part of the show, let's do a few shout outs to a few of those great folks who continue to support the show on Patreon. Let's kick it off with a big Grow From Your Heart podcast thank you shout out to my friend, the Chicago Dabber. Let's send a big thank you shout out to Don't Tread On Me 420. Let's send a fist bump and a thank you shout out to Lefty's Farms. Let's send a big thank you shout out to my buddy Fiscal's Organics and Uncle Adam. Let's send a thank you shout out to Shakoba and Grow Bandit. I want to send a big thank you shout out to the hardest working man in cannabis, my buddy James Brown. Let's send a fist bump and a thank you shout out to Magic Mike. Big thanks to G7. Special thank you to Green Vet 88224. Then let's wrap it all up with the big Grow From Your Heart podcast thank you shout out to my friend Spartan420. Big thanks and big shout out to everybody who continues to support the show on Patreon. If you are not already supporting the show and you would like to learn how to do so, all you have to do is visit www.patreon.com forward slash grow from your heart. All of the information you need will be right there on the screen, and you know I do include a link in the show notes and in the video description to make it nice and easy for all of my friends. Recently, it was brought to my attention that I was failing to include those notes properly on Spotify. From episode 696 on, that should be corrected. I have put the notes in the correct place. So in episode 696, 97, and every episode after that, you should be able to find the Patreon link, the Discord link, and all of the other great information that should have been in those show notes. I did some updates and upgrades to my website, and when that changed, how I post the show did change, and I was simply putting the notes in the wrong place. I have learned my lesson. That has been corrected. I apologize. Thank you for watching and listening and learning with us. Check out the show notes. There's a lot of cool links in there you may have been looking for. All right, I did say I was going to talk about my favorite strain. Uh, I am a seed breeder. I do own a seed company. I have had the honor, the privilege, the pleasure, uh, the headache also of working with a lot of strains. Um, I do need to remind myself that sometimes not all strains were champions. There's a lot of bullshit that went through our hands over the the learning period of growing cannabis here. Um, I got the honor and pleasure to work with a lot of great strains. I get to, uh, I worked in commercial grow facilities where we had uh, sometimes up to 75, maybe 100 different uh, cultivars, mother plants on premises at one time. So I had 100 different plants to learn, uh, to learn how they grow, learn how they smell, learn how they respond to nutrients, learn how they react to cold, heat, 
uh, lollipopping, topping, bottoming, twisting, popping, uh, random stresses that would be put on them through the uh, commercial cultivation facility and environment and process. I got the pleasure to grow a lot of plants. I said a moment ago that I realized some of those also were a headache. Some of those were not a pleasure. The weird thing is that some of the plants that were the worst headache put out some of the best fucking products. So uh, that was always a good gamble. I am uh, I digress is what my grandma used to say. Uh, I got the honor to grow a lot of different things. People often ask me, what is your favorite strain that you've bred? People always ask me, what's your favorite strain? That is a really hard choice. That's like asking me my favorite child. It's Maya. It will always be Maya. Shout out to Maya. She knows she's my favorite. But asking my favorite strain is really hard because sometimes I like to smoke something different during the day than I would in the evening. Sometimes that midday smoke has got to be different. Uh, in the nighttime, in the evening, when I'm done, when it's time to chill out, uh, scroll the internet, do whatever you do, sitting in the chair playing with your phone, just relaxing, sitting at the table, smoking dabs, recording a podcast. Uh, that's when I want to hit some dabs that are going to obliterate me, some garlic scented, uh, some pungent, cushy kind of shit that's just going to put me on my ass. Uh, early in the day, I need something that is going to give me high, but make my brain work and function and make me want to be around people and not make me want to go sit down and be lazy and uh, lethargic and let my brain drift off into Neverland. I need to stay focused and going, but I like to be buzzed and high and have just a little bit of an edge to where I uh, just put a smile on my face for no stupid reason. That's when I would smoke something like the orange gasm or something that gets me the proper kind of high for the day or lemon Jeffrey. Uh, lemon Jeffrey and orange gasm are beautiful early day, midday kind of smokes, but later in the day, I want double dose, dark hollow, the machine, something like that to kind of just wreck me a little bit differently. So picking my favorite strain is quite a challenge. Uh, also, as the the breeder, the grower, the creator, I don't only consider the smoking aspect of a favorite strain. I also think about the experience in the garden. I get to grow it. I get to know how does it clone? Does it clone well? If a plant doesn't clone well, that can be a headache from the very beginning. You got to get those healthy clones. Does it veg well? Does it transplant well? Does it deal with light well? Does it deal with changes well? Uh, does it go from the clone area to the veg room, to the bigger veg room, to the flower room? Does it take all those transitions well? Does the plant handle, like I said a moment ago, all of the stresses and experiments and random bullshit that we are going to throw at it in either a commercial facility, my personal grow, or perhaps even my breeding environment? Those plants get put through a whole nother rigorous round of testing. That casting couch is even worse. That's like uh, fucking Ninja Warrior getting through that one to be in the, the breeding room is that's, that's a whole nother level of testing. Anyway, I'm just building you up to talk about some of my favorite strains. Uh, of course on the, the list would be Arise. Arise is on the top of the list because the super potency, hyper vigor, the way it grows. Um, if you need an indica, if you need a sativa, it's right in the middle. So whatever, whenever you smoke that, you're going to get the buzz you need. You can find a phenotype that will do exactly what you need. Uh, I read some reports on it that people can't smoke it <clears throat> during the day because it puts them down too much. And then some people can't smoke it at night because it keeps them up too much. Uh, that's, that's, uh, people are getting wrecked off of that weed. That's really tremendous to me. I like the Arise. Also, I'm a huge fan of the Lemon Jeffrey. Of course, it's got my name in it. Uh, Lemon Jeffrey is named after me, that Lemon Terp. Um, I don't know if you've been around for a long time. If this is your first time watching or if you've watched a lot of episodes, here's a reminder. In April of 2015, I hit my head and got a traumatic brain injury. I thought I was going to die. I kind of wanted to die because of that brain injury. I don't have that desire or feeling anymore. But uh, I had some weird lingering effects from the brain injury. Uh, my body wouldn't regulate its temperature. I would get nervous. I would have glitches. Uh, I felt like I was just skipping. My brain was just skipping. I'd find myself in the kitchen and not know why I was in the kitchen. I'd be standing in the middle of the office and not remember why I came in the office and 
uh, weird shit would happen. I would smoke Lemon Jeffrey and all those weird glitches and all the weird skips would just go away. It would all come together. The puzzle pieces of my brain would just lock back together. So Arise, Lemon Jeffrey, uh, those are some of my favorites. Of course, the Orange Gasm. The Orange Gasm is a great daytime smoke, amazing buzz. And I'm super proud of that because before I made that, I was sitting at a table with somebody and I said, I'm going to cross the Golden Goat. I'm going to pollinate the or uh, the Platinum Tangy with the Golden Goat. I'm going to call it Orange Gasm. It's going to smell like this. This is the buzz we will get. These are the common phenotypes we will find. And I'm going to call it this. And I think it's going to be a fucking hit. I did that before I put that strain out. The person that I talked uh, that conversation to is watching. Big up. I hope you're well. Shout out. Um, but when I made those seeds, we grew those seeds. We found exactly what I had anticipated, exactly what I predicted. So I was super proud of that. Then it was a market hit. Being a breeder, I put out a lot of products and I don't know what the, uh, the public, the market, the community, the clientele, uh, I don't know what they're going to love. I don't know what's going to pop. I don't know what's going to get overlooked and what's going to be a huge hit. The orange gasm fucking hit. So I'm super proud of that one for a lot of different reasons. Lemon Jeffrey in the same aspect. I did not know that Lemon Jeff was going to be a banger and it is popular. The Orange Gasm, the Lemon Jeffrey are two of my most uh, sought after in-demand strains. And for you people that keep asking, that sounds rude when you say you people, for you kind, amazing folks who keep asking and have enthusiasm and excitement about the Lemon Jeff, the Orange Gasm and the feminized Golden Goat S1 seeds, uh, if I said feminized, I shouldn't need to say S1. That was redundant. Call me out on that. Uh, if you're the people that are excited for those, have no fear. They are in veg. The plants are not very big at this time, but they are in veg. It will happen. They're coming. Be patient. Uh, since I'm limited by plant counts and plant numbers, I'm going to veg them a little larger than normal because I can't put more plants in there like we used to do. You just shove more in. I got to make them bigger. So it's going to take a little bit longer veg time than we will pollinate. Then we will have good seeds. Also, there's another secret feminized project in the works that I haven't even talked about. So there are fem seeds coming. All right. So I cut myself off from rambling. The Lemon Jeffrey, the Orange Gasm, the Arise are some of my favorites. Let's talk about the one that this episode is going to focus on because I've been rambling for long enough. I feel like one of my favorites, one of the first strains that I made that really made me go, oh, wow, made me proud, made other people say, hey, I really need some of that was a strain that I call the Grateful Dog. Let's talk about the Grateful Dog. There are a lot of things we could talk about. Why do I love the Grateful Dog? Um, the first time I took the Grateful Dog to a party, I was at a party. We're just partying, doing our normal stuff. And then, you know, and someone's like, hey, anybody got any weed? And everybody looks at me because I'm the guy around here that back then, this was like uh, before medical marijuana and recreational cannabis were super popular and everybody had weed all the time and it was abundant. Uh, people wanted to smoke and everybody just kind of did the thing. They all stared my direction. Hey, white guy with dreadlocks. And I was okay with that. I knew I was known around here as being the, the weed guy. So I was like, fuck yeah, I got some new weed that I would love to try with people. So I bust out my jar and I take off the lid and everybody within like a three to six foot circumference goes, wow, man, what do you have? And then people nine and 10 feet away started going, what is that shit? And everybody gathered around. And I'm probably telling a fantastical story. This is probably a Burt Kreischer style hyperbole, but this is what it felt like. When I cracked open one of those nuggets to roll a joint, Everybody in the party came outside, sat on the back porch and watched me roll that joint. And they were drooling like Pavlov's dogs, just waiting to smoke some of that weed. I don't know if everybody was doing that really, but that's how it felt. And that's how that weed made me feel. I was drooling. I was like, this weed smells so good. I'm used to smoking weed like in my environment. When you smoke at your house, in your car, in your office, at your studio, wherever you normally smoke, 
you don't notice all the details, all the, I don't know, it may be different. I said earlier, I like to test it in my office because I notice everything, but maybe I got too comfortable because when I took it somewhere else, cracked it open and rolled a joint and smoked it, I noticed new terps, new flavors, and a new buzz, and everybody loved it. And that's when I was like, well, this weed is special. And luckily, I had made seeds of that weed. So I had a bunch of seeds of it, and I packaged up those seeds, and I took those to the upcoming Cannabis Cup, the Denver High Times, the High Times Cannabis Cup in Denver. The first one that was, uh, this was at the, uh, the one after the Expo, the one when they moved it to the uh, the Denver Mart, the bigger place there, took it there uh, and passed out a bunch of seeds. And then the next year, people were asking for seeds. That strain that I was giving out was what I was calling Grateful Dog. Where did the Grateful Dog come from? Or do we want to talk more about why I was in love with the Grateful Dog? Let's talk about why I fell in love with the Grateful Dog. There was something about the terps, the aroma, the flavor, the buzz that just made me go, ooh. <clears throat> it just... It smelled nasty and good at the same time. People hate it when I say it smells like dirty feet, but it smelled like dirty, funky feet and skunk and chemicals. But then it also had a sweet berry bottom to it. So it was dirty, dirty funk with this like, ooh, what is that at the end of it? It was just a question mark of, huh, did you put did you put some skunk weed on a grape blunt wrap? It was just a weird after fruity taste. I also loved it because I've spoke about this earlier. As the grower, it grew with nice vigor, nice structure, nice shape. Uh, the buds were great. Also, it was very uh, resistant to problems. Sometimes back then I was known to get uh, that room that that plant was grown in was prone to get powdery mildew at one part of the year, about this part of the year. Every year when the seasons would change, you have days that are like uh, in the high 70s and then the nights are like the low 50s. That shit was giving us powdery mildew before I learned how to correct that room. The Grateful Dog wasn't getting the powdery mildew, so I was loving that. Also, it would turn purple, it would turn crazy colors, and then it would give us nice, big, fat harvest. So I was paying the weight, and then it was a good breeder. As a breeder, everything I've bred it to has made pretty impressive plants. The Morning Dew comes from the Grateful Dog. Uh, there are some other fem things that come from the Grateful Dog. I shouldn't say too many things because a lot of those are sold out. The Morning Dew is available. The rest, uh, not so much available. Uh, there may be some Jack the Ripper Grateful Dog crosses coming in the future. I should not have even said that. All right, let me get myself back on track. We've talked about why I loved it. What is it? What is this damn Grateful Dog plant that I keep alluding to? Grateful Dog is. So let me try to put that out there one more time because my brain was stumbling and my mouth was stuttering. It is Chem 91 cross 2, the San Fernando Valley Kush F4, the SFV OG F4. Now that also is known as Deadhead OG. That's right. I got the seed as a Deadhead OG. I grew out a pack of Deadhead OG seeds and I numbered them. My favorite one in the bunch was number nine. I don't know why that matters, but that is the one I selected. I took number nine and I reversed it. So I took two clones of number nine. I treated one with the solution. I've done a full episode on the reversal. Treated one with the solution. I pollinated the other clone of number nine. Seeds came out of this. Those seeds got labeled the Grateful Dog. So that is where the Grateful Dog came from. It is a reversed Deadhead OG. That is where it originated. So out of that batch of Deadhead OG S1s came a keeper that got labeled the Grateful Dog. That is one of my favorite plants ever. The seeds that were released from that were that plant self. I would self the Grateful Dog plant. I would self that to itself and put out the seeds from that. Later on, I decided to take the pollen from the original Grateful Dog mom, the number nine, and I put that pollen on my favorite 
grateful dog keeper that I had made, and that one got labeled GD77. Now let's talk about these names. Grateful Dog is a Grateful Dead offshoot band. That is David Grisman and Jerry Garcia. They do some acoustic uh, Grateful Dead stuff. They do some bluegrass uh, style stuff. They do some uh, creative eclectic, uh, eclectic type of shit. But that was where Grateful Dog came from. Grateful Dog was a Grateful Dead offshoot, a Jerry Garcia side project with David Grisman. Uh, since it came from Deadhead OG, it got called the Grateful Dog. So it was a Deadhead OG S1. I selected uh, the plant out of that. That is the Grateful Dog. Now from the Grateful Dog, I took the pollen from the original Deadhead OG that I reversed, put that pollen on my Grateful Dog. We have now created uh, GD77. Why GD77? Because 1977 is my favorite year of the Grateful Dead. The Grateful Dead was around for several, several years. 77 is one of my favorite years. They got real psychedelic. They got trippy. Uh, put out some great albums, great songs around that time. Um, the shows from the spring run of 77, that May run, the Betty Boards, if anybody, any deadheads out there know what I'm talking about. That shit is awesome to me. I love it. Uh, 5877 is one of my favorite shows. 52277, all of that run. Um, anyway, I'm rambling now. If you're not a deadhead, that doesn't mean any shit to you. But the Pembroke Pines, Florida show was so hot. So 77, uh, GD number 77 is why that got called that. So now just to recap, because I did get rambling and I want to make sure that I said this correctly. I took the deadhead OG. I selfed it from those seeds. I found a winner. That winner got labeled the grateful dog. Now that is the grateful dog. The seeds that went out for retail that were given away uh, at the cannabis cups. That was grateful dog selfed. So I selfed that one and put those out. Then eventually I took the pollen from the original deadhead OG and put it on the Grateful Dog that I had selected, the winner that I had been reversing again and putting out. I put the original pollen on that. I wasn't sure what I was doing at the time. Uh, that is sort of a feminized back cross, but I put the pollen on that. That created GD77. So it was Deadhead OG, selfed, that made the Grateful Dog. Then I put the pollen from the, great, from the Deadhead back on the Grateful Dog, the seeds that came from that. My favorite keeper is DH. 70 or GD 77. Now let's talk a little bit about number 77. 77 has a hard time being reversed. I have hit it with the whole bottle of silver thiosulfate and that plant does not reverse. It does not want to give me pollen. So I have not been able to breed much with 77 as a pollen donor. It has been given pollen, but it has never given me pollen. That one is super stingy. Don't be stingy, Mark. 77 is not going to give me any pollen. It will not be bred with. So um, I can only use it as a female. So that is number 77. Um, now, I think I've made it clear where the Deadhead OG, the Grateful Dog, and 77 have come from through the magic of editing. That should be super clear by now. Now, the way that this conversation came up is we were talking about genetics in a forum, and somebody asked me how the Grateful Dog ended up in some of uh, Collins crosses from Ethos Genetics. That's a very good question. Uh, Colin and I are both here in Colorado. So there's a very great story that a lot of people have been waiting for around the story of how the Grateful Dog came from my hands and got to Colin's hands to make the Colin OG uh, and a few other crosses that I think Ethos has made. So let's talk a little bit about that. This is a really fun story for me. All right, here we go. The official story of how Colin ended up with 
my grateful dog. Big shout out to Colin. Big up to the ethos. Uh, shout out to the whole gang. Holding it down over there. Killing it. Crushing it. Uh, impressive. Inspiring. All right. Here is how they got my grateful dog. This is the official story. Gather around the campfire. I was at a reggae concert at Red Rocks. I'm pretty sure it was reggae on the rocks. Uh, big surprise, right? Uh, another surprise, I cannot remember which year it was. I could probably do some research, do some scrolling. The exact year is not important for my story right now. I do believe Revolution was playing at Reggae on the Rocks. Uh, that was a lot of years. But at that concert, I was smoking a bunch of joints. When I go to concerts, uh, I roll up a bunch of joints, just a lot of joints. Back in the day, uh, you had to sneak your weed into Red Rocks. They did not let you take weed in there. Once you got it in there, you could do whatever you wanted. But they would search you down quite well. So my theory, my strategy was to roll a bunch of joints and put them in every pocket, every spot on my body. So if they find these, I still got these. And if they find these, I still got these. And we would get a bunch of joints into Red Rocks. Um, this lucky day, all of my joints made it into Red Rocks. So I'm at my spot. The band is playing. And I'm smoking joints after joints after joint because... That's how you do it at a, at a reggae concert at Red Rocks. I would light up one joint, and as soon as it got done, I'd flick the roach and just light up another joint. And I smoked, I don't know, probably 10 or 12 joints before uh, my favorite the band that I wanted to see. It was probably Revolution. was probably my favorite band at the time. I've grown out of that. Um, I'm smoking a lot of joints, and this guy next to me is lighting joints and smoking them. And every time I light a joint, he lights another joint. And every time I light a joint, he lights another joint. And I notice he's trying to... It's a friendly smoke competition sort of a thing. And eventually he leans over and he goes, man, your weed smells really good. And I was like, thank you, bro. And he goes, what do you got there? And I go, it's called the Grateful Dog. And he's like, I never heard of that. And I was like, I bred that. And he seemed skeptical at first, you know, which is at the time, uh, everybody was a grower, a breeder. Everybody was getting into the, the illegal weed scene right then. That's when it was just cracking. So, of course, he's like, yeah, white guy, dreadlocks, reggae concert. Fucking, of course, you breed some weed. And I understand the skepticism because he replied with, well, I own this dispensary. And I was like, yeah, probably, maybe not, sure, whatever. And so we're both like feeling each other out. Are we bullshitting each other or do we actually? And then he said a few things about the dispensary. And I was like, well, that's an actual fact. And I kind of know that about that place. Um, I guess I can divulge where he worked and said that he uh, was the owner. He said he was the owner of Mile High Green Cross in Denver, and they had just won the Cannabis Cup for the Banana Kush. They won first place for a Banana Kush. So this is the year. If you're looking for research to see which year this story happened, it was the year that Mile High Green Cross won the Banana Kush and the Denver Cannabis Cup. It's right around that time period. Right after that was a Red Rocks, uh, Reggae on the Rocks concert with Revolution. This is where it happened in the middle of Red Rocks. Uh, also, side note, I like to sit behind the sound booth or right in front of the sound booth at Red Rocks. If you can get right in front of or behind the soundboard, uh, there are a couple of great reasons, advantages for that. First of all, the sound guy's ears are right there. It's going to sound the best. Be where the sound guy's ears are and you get the best sound. He dialed it in. He's hearing it right there. It's going to sound good right there. Also at the sound booth, uh, you have a good likelihood of seeing some of the artists. There's a tunnel that runs from under the stage at Red Rocks down to the sound booth. And when some of the artists get done playing, they go cruise through the tunnel and end up in the, end up in the sound booth to watch their friends in the next band play. So I've met a lot of reggae artists just hanging out by the booth and they just got done playing and they end up back there to watch the next band. I've hung out with Morgan Heritage, Steel Pulse, lots of fucking bands just because I knew how to do that right there. Okay, we're at Red Rocks. I'm trying to get myself back on track. We're at Red Rocks. We're smoking a lot of joints. My buddy claims to own Mile High Green Cross. I claim to have bred this weed. My buddy is like, I'd really like to get a clone of that. 
And I was like, oh man, I don't really give out clones. And I wasn't giving out clones at the time. I wasn't selling clones. And then he goes, I'd give you for a clone. And at the time, that was kind of unheard of in my uh, in my realm, in my world, in my business, in my my status, I guess. I was like, dollars for a clone. I was like, here's my name, my number, my address, my Facebook, my Instagram, my social security number. Here's how you find me, bro. If you want to give me dollars for a clone, we are going to be friends forever. And he introduced himself and we became friends. Um, I don't like to bring too many people's business, too many other people into my story right now because it's not, uh, it's not, they're not here. They can't speak. And it's, I don't know if it's their bit, they're my, if I'm sharing someone else's business, but that was my friend, Noah, big up to Noah. You may watch this. You may hear this. You may see this. I didn't say your last name. I wanted to, uh, it's hard. I think of him all as one word. His name is one word, but big up to my buddy, Noah, Noah, uh, was involved with Mile High Green Cross, and he bought a clone of the Grateful Dog from me for $1,000 cash. Now, um, he came to get the clone. He met me at my house, and he bought the clone from me. And uh, at the time, I will admit, my clone tech was garbage. I was not very good at cloning. And my buddy Noah was like, bro, you need to learn how to use an easy cloner. And I was like, an easy cloner? Teach me more. And he showed me his easy cloner. He showed me pictures, and I was like, that's fucking cool. And then he's like, I want a bunch more cuts from you because you have good plants. And I was like, well, I've got an idea. You bring me an easy cloner and I will let you cut clones out of my garden and fill up the easy cloner. Then when they're ready, you can come get the cuts and leave the cloner here. It is mine. So in exchange for cuts, he taught me how to set up and run the easy clone clone machine and brought me the big like a 90 cider or a 60 site clone machine. At the time, that was a really good deal for both of us. I got a teaching lesson on how to cut clones, and now I can cut clones like a savage in one of those easy cloners, and he got some really good genetics, and we built a solid relationship because he would bring me a lot of good cuts. Uh, the Action Bronson cut that I used, uh, that came from that came from my buddy Noah. Some of the, the Prodigium that I used in the, the Prophet, that came from Noah, also was an Ethos cut. Shout out to Ethos. So a lot of the stuff I got, came from our friend Noah at Mile High Green Cross. He ended up with the Grateful Dog Cut was the moral of part of that story because there is more. The saga does continue. I did want to make sure to give him a shout out for teaching me how to cut clones in the Easy Cloner. That dude stepped up my game. So then he actually came to my house with the machine. We set it up. Uh, he literally went through my mother room and cut clones at his will. I let him have run of basically whatever he wanted in there. He cut the clones, put them in the cloner, showed me how to do it. I cut a few. We filled up the cloner, kept them alive for long enough to get roots. And he came and picked it up. He took the cuts. We potted the cuts. Uh, and then he left the cloner. And we've been friends ever since and doing stuff uh, ever since then. Okay, then, um, I'm not sure where the clone went from there. The clone was put into a commercial cultivation facility in Denver, Colorado. I don't know where. I know that it went to Mile High Green Cross. And I know it had to have gone to another facility. The commercial cultivations are not in the same building as the dispensary. So if you work for Mile High Green Cross, it goes to your cultivation facility. And then from there, you can spread it out. And back in the day, you could just spread it out wherever you want. So that Grateful Dog clone landed in the hands of my new friend, Noah, that I met at a Reggae on the Rocks concert. He bought the clone. He has now got the clone. Once he's got the clone, I probably asked him, don't do much with this. Don't give it out. It's my pride and joy. But is someone that gives out a clone who gave, he gave me money for it. He could do basically whatever he wants, right? That's, that's his, that's his plant. He can make clones. He can breed to it. He could play with it. So it was in a commercial cultivation facility, which got sold 
That is just how the industry works. People uh, will sell their cultivation if they want to buy another one or sell too small and buy a big one, or sometimes licenses just sell. Sometimes people get bored of being in the industry. The cultivation in which that plant was got sold. And when you sell the facility, the plants come with it. You don't go clear out the plants. You just give them, here's everything. You keep it moving. The new ownership takes over a running machine. So that way there's no downtime, no stalls. Uh, That's just a cordial way to do business. So the facility was sold. I'm not sure if it was sold to another person who I didn't know at the time, but later on became a good friend. And I would almost call him a mentor and a teacher. He was definitely a teacher, uh, kind of a mentor to me. I didn't know him at the time. I think he may have purchased the facility from my friend Noah, or it was directly sold to Colin or one of Colin's partners from Ethos. There, I don't know those details. It's none of my, it's not really my business. I, I didn't do a lot of research there, but the clone went from Noah to a commercial facility, his facility that got sold to a guy by another guy with the initials of possibly RJ. If you're watching, if you're old school, if you worked at Three Rivers, you know who I'm talking about. His name does not need to be out there. I uh, went to possibly RJ, then to Colin from Ethos or Colin's team. That is how Colin from Ethos acquired my grateful dog. From there, uh, he made uh, the Colin OG from it, which has been a hugely successful strain. So that, my friends, is the story of how Colin Gordon of Ethos ended up with the Grateful Dog clone, to the best of my knowledge. I'm not trying to start any beef, stir up any shit with any misinformation. If I said something wrong, misspoke, that's because I'm a stoner and details slip through. I got nothing but love and respect for everybody involved in that story. Uh, big up to Noah, big up to the other guy labeled RJ, big up to our buddy uh, Colin and the entire team at Ethos. Um yeah, that is basically what I've got for that story. Um, I made it from a deadhead OG seed, uh, found a selection from there, selfed that, put those seeds out, got inspired to put the pollen from the original onto my offspring because that's just weird shit that breeders do, and that made number 77. 77 hasn't gone anywhere. Uh, that stays in my grow. I've got seeds in a clone of that. Uh, met my buddy Noah at a reggae concert, sold him the clone. Big up to Noah. That clone either went directly to... Uh, Colin, or it went to a middleman. Now it is all over the place. It has been bred to. Um, that's the story, and I'm sticking to it. If you have any questions, corrections, comments, concerns, updates, positive feedback, uh, you want to know more details, you have specific questions, I would love to entertain those things. You can send me an email. My email address is growfromyourheart at hotmail.com. I look forward to the interaction. Uh, also, if you have any grow questions, uh, need any grow help, feel free to reach out. Grow from your heart at hotmail.com. I love that. Anything else you can find on the website at iregenetics.com. The Discord link is there. The Patreon link is there. Vendor links, merch links, uh, grow help tabs, all kinds of great stuff on iregenetics.com. This is the time where I do request you to like and subscribe. If you like this video, click like. Also, click subscribe. That way, every time I put out a video, you do not miss it. I'm trying to get to 10,000 subscribers before the end of the year. That's all I want for Christmas. Thank you for your support. All right, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, pimps and hoes, friends and foes, smokers, growers, clone cutters, pollen chuckers, all of you beautiful cannabis enthusiasts out there. I want to thank you once again for listening to episode 697 of the Grow From Your Heart podcast. Makes me smile, makes me feel proud, makes me feel weird every time I say it. Number 700 is coming up. Then after that, 710. I've got some ideas for the 710 episode. If you've got any ideas, send me your feedback. I'd love to hear what you've got in mind. All right. That's all I've got for you for this episode. I'll be back in a couple of days with fresh new content. I want to give a giant shout out to my buddy, uh, Justin. And until next time, take a fat dab.
and give your mom a hug for me.